to Criminal Curiosity, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Jade. And thank you so much for joining me today. This is recording number two today. My back is starting to hurt, but we're going to get through this. So last week, we talked about the disappearance of the O'Brien brothers who were kidnapped by their father. And this week, we are going to be talking about two female serial killers, Gwendolyn Graham, and Catherine Wood. So let's get started. Kathy's sister discussed their connection, stating that it was a very normal sister relationship where they played games with one another, talked about secrets, they fought, they argued, and they lived in a very chaotic home, as she described, and she claims that it made them closer. Kathy stated that after her father returned from the Vietnam War, he and like so many other soldiers was suffering from PTSD and he became emotionally and mentally abusive to them. Kathy was a tall girl and kids are mean. Kids are very horrible. And because of her height, the kids would make her feel horrible about her height and her size, and they would always bully her. She was dealing with the bullying at school, and when she got home, she had to deal with the same thing from her father. She said that he made her feel ugly and insecure. Kathy discusses her first sexual encounter with a man named David. When they were driving to his house one day, Kathy noticed that her mom's car was in the driveway, and he told her, you know, uh, I know that's your mom's car, but you need to get her out of here. So she knocks on the door and the woman answers and the woman's like, we don't have a son named David. I don't know what you're talking about. This is when Kathy's mom sits her down and tells her that whoever this David person is, it's a girl. So one day Kathy runs into this woman again and she randomly blurts out like i know you're a woman then the girl kathy and another guy they travel to a spot called lowell where kathy claimed that she forced herself to sleep with this woman i don't know why but i guess she wanted to experience it again knowing that it was a woman When Kathy was 17 years old, she got married to a man named Ken. I'm not sure how old he was when they got married, but he pretty much dragged her away from everyone and everything that she knew, including her family and school. She got pregnant as a senior in high school and then gave birth to her daughter, Jacqueline. Kathy stated that her relationship with Ken became pretty physical. Soon, after and they were always fighting. She didn't like him touching her and he never really left her alone. Ken stated in an interview that he would do anything for Kathy and he even acknowledged that yeah he was manipulating her but 
that didn't really matter because he loved her. Kathy stated that sex was really eh, you could say the least. She said she felt obligated to do it because it was her spouse. It wasn't pleasant. She, it, she, it was just nothing to her. Ken stated that he tried to get her some help because she didn't want to do anything that he wanted to do. He was very domineering and he wanted her to remain in the house. I don't know what type of help you can get someone, but Kathy stated that she was not the typical wife of the like early 1900s. She had a mind of her own. She wanted to leave the house. She wanted to do many things. And that was pretty much the reason that she divorced him. Now she had to figure out what she wanted to do with her life. So she began applying to a lot of jobs and eventually got a job at Alpine Manor, a nursing home. When she started working there, she met an 18-year-old woman named Dawn. Dawn began paying a lot of attention to Kathy, and Kathy loved it. Kathy eventually began to realize that, you know, like, what if Gwen is, I mean, not Gwen, what if the reason Dawn is paying so much attention to me is because she sees something that she likes? She also met a woman named Gwen, who had recently relocated from Texas to Michigan with her girlfriend, Fran. And Kathy's sister reported that after Kathy met Gwen, she began genuinely living her life, visiting all these places that she never would have thought because, you know, she was pretty much locked up in the house all day because that's what Ken wanted. Then all of a sudden, she began to change. She was no longer the fun, loving, easygoing Kathy that everyone knew. She was very harsh and very blunt. And she definitely got that from Gwen because in an interview that I was watching, which is how I got all this information, Gwen is very blunt. She's very harsh. She's very, she has an attitude. Kathy's sister stated that all Kathy wanted was to be loved, that that was what she just craved. She loved getting the attention from other people. And, you know, she just... Gwen Graham spent a lot of her childhood on a farm in Gresham, Texas. She grew up in an abusive home and used cigarettes to burn herself, and she would often cut herself. She stated that she self-harmed because she was angry for being molested and she tried to make herself ugly by hurting herself in the hopes that she wouldn't be molested again. Gwen was described by Kathy's sister as a bitch, to put it short, sweet and simple. Gwen went to Michigan when she was 20 years old because her girlfriend, Fran, wanted to get closer with her family. Gwen moved in with Kathy three weeks after they met in 1986. Kathy claimed that it was just a split rent, you know, but eventually, humans being humans, it quickly turned into lovers. Gwen, according to Kathy, made her feel emotions that she never believed that she was capable of experiencing. 
She made her feel prettier. She cared for her. She was pleasant and she was interested in Kathy and what she wanted to do. It wasn't a one-sided or an abusive relationship. It was equal and they made it work, but it gradually deteriorated into a very much violent relationship. Kathy claims that they were often arguing and that their relationship was violent in a sense that their sex was rough. It wasn't like they like beat each other to death. It was just the sex aspect was rough. They both told the same story about how one day they were, you know, being intimate and the other person tied them up on the bed. They got a gun it to their private area as a way to intimidate the other person and pretty much throughout this whole interview this whole story they're just trying to paint each other as the monster the majority of the story and how we know everything happens is explained through kathy's accounts of events in January 1987, they're both working as nursing assistants at Alpine Manor, and Kathy is the lookout, you can say. Gwen enters Margaret Chambers' room, where she suffocates her to death with a washcloth. Gwen claims that when the murders occurred, she was not present near any of the victims, but she was just somewhere else in the building, just not anywhere near the victims. Everyone assumed that because these are elderly women in nursing homes and majority of them are suffering from Alzheimer's disease, they were like, okay, that's she, court, the natural life just ran its natural course. So no autopsy was done. All the victims were between the ages of 65 and 97 who were suffering from Alzheimer's disease. Gwen then smothered Myrtle loose with a washcloth like she had done to the previous victim. Then May Mason was discovered dead in February 1987, the same month Belle Burkhard was discovered dead. And like, they, they killed these women very fast, so there isn't like much information, it just like happened in the span of two months. So Kathy eventually discovered that Gwen was cheating on her with another woman named Heather, so they ended their relationship. Kathy remained friends with her ex-husband, Ken, and after they broke up, she continued saying, you know, you won't believe some of the things we've been doing. Gwen and Heather relocated to Tyler, Texas, because Gwen had a court appearance. Kathy again goes to Ken and is like, what's the worst thing a human being can do? And he's like, um, murder? And she's like, yeah, well, try that six times. So Kathy was pretty concerned about what was going to happen to her now that Gwen left her. And while Kathy and Gwen were together, Gwen discussed murdering Heather. And now she was living with her as lovers. And Kathy believed that Gwen and Heather were now planning to murder her because if she talked about that with her and is now living with this woman, yeah, she has every reason to be afraid. Ken reported this information to authorities and a murder investigation was launched in 1988. The Walker County Police Department began questioning Kathy about any information she had on the murders. 
When she told her side of the story, she said Gwen was the one who committed all of these murders and that Kathy was just a lookout. Then they're like, okay, strange. So they exhume two of the victims' bodies for autopsies because after all, they didn't just die from Alzheimer's disease. There was no external injuries to the victims during the autopsy, which may have suggested that they resisted or fought back. The medical examiner had difficulty concluding that this was a homicide because they were suffocated, and usually that leaves very little evidence to say that it was a murder. Based on the interviews and what Kathy told police, their deaths were quickly deemed as homicides. Kathy Wood and Gwen Graham were arrested on December 4th, 1988. Gwen was charged with five counts of murder, while Kathy was charged with two counts of murder. Kathy agreed to a plea deal and disclosed pretty much everything at trial, claiming that Gwen was the one who planned everything, and she was the one that killed all the victims herself. Now, because there was a lack of physical evidence in this case, convicting someone of murder is much more harder to do. Kathy said at trial that Gwen wanted to turn this whole murder thing into a game and that they, that they should kill the victims by their initials so it spells out murder. When they realized that that game, as they call it, was pretty tough to do, they decided to count each murder as a day. And this was their way of saying, quote, I will love you forever and a day. End quote. Kathy sent Gwen a poem, and in the poem, she declared basically her love for her, stating, quote, You'll be mine forever and five days. End quote. Get it? Because they murdered five people. Yeah. Gwen was found guilty of five counts of murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murder on November 3rd, 1989, and sentenced to life in prison. She's currently incarcerated at Michigan's Woman Heron Valley Correctional Facility. Kathy was charged with one count of second-degree murder and one count of second-degree murder conspiracy. She was sentenced to 20 years in prison and was eligible for parole on March 2, 2005. Kathy served time at the Federal Correctional Institute in Tallahassee, Florida, and surprisingly, was released on January 16th, 2020, and currently lives in South Carolina. End of episode thoughts. What makes you want to kill elderly people? The oldest victim was literally 97 years old. Let, what is that saying? Let, let nature run the course of someone's life or so? I don't, I don't know the saying, but if we're being honest, one-on-one -on -one conversation. I believe that Kathy, Kathy's job was more than just being on alert. I think she only told her ex-husband what she and Gwen did because they broke up. And she was like, oh, I'm going to get you. You know, and for all we know, she may have changed the entire story. But Kathy has served her sentence and now maintains a very low profile for obvious reasons. When I was watching the, the documentary on this where they, I think it was set in the, the 90s, I, I just believe that both women are manipulative. 
they literally gave the same story about their sex being rough and that the gun was used to intimidate the other. They, they literally told the same story. So no one can be trusted, but they're killers. They are horrible people that took the lives of innocent, vulnerable people. And with that, today's story comes to an end. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you very much. Remember that every Thursday there is a new episode, bright and early at 7 a.m., just for you. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, leave a review and rating so I know what you think of the show. You can keep up with me and the podcast on Instagram at Criminal Curiosity Pod, Twitter, Crim Curiosity, and TikTok, Criminal Curiosity Pod. That is all that I have for you today. Please be safe out there. Look out for one another. Until next time. Bye, everyone.